bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. They live in suburbs together. They live in the city together. They hang out together, all in the same family. We're the only idiots that fight because we want our voice to only be on one side. Like, does that even make any sense? And when the side loses, you lose everything. They, on the other hand, have a voice no matter what because somebody that looks like them is always in, in control. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. Well, it's just a skewed uh, system. Of course it is. It's a lot but, of a judgment. But, but answer there, my question, though. Should we let people what? go? Should we let people go? Like, let's just forget about bail altogether. And if your neighbor commits well, a homicide and kills people up. Nah, if you kill people and they next to you and you just let them come back and live right next to you, they can live upstairs from you. Let them come in your house. Frank, candid and straight to the point. This is the best radio show in the state of Wisconsin. Truth in the afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth and The Truth App. Now, he's the mayor of the city of Milwaukee. He's a young man. Give him a chance. I only complain about things that I care about. What I want you to do is pretend like I'm in St. Louis. And all I'm asking the mayor and the common council president and the common council, show me. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris, 833-212-1017 is the number. See that? See what I got to put up with every day? Every day? Actually, it's like once every six months or so, but who's counting, right? <laughs> 833-212-1017. I was moving some papers, and I was acting like, you know, some paper got left, and I've been I'm dealing with this paper every day for the last like like three years, and it's like time number two. So, but you know, sometimes you got to be a little, little melodramatic, a little, uh, you know, over the top, as it were. So, here's the deal. Here's people seem to have a problem being black. And so I try to explain to people that this is not necessarily a show or a radio station for black people. But it is for the black community. And so one of the things we like to talk about is the ability to be able to connect 
and talk about things that are that are indigenous to our community. And so when other people hear things, they tend to get offended because you're talking about them. Right. But you're not necessarily talking to them. And part of the issue is that black people have been putting up with that for millennia. Black people have had to put up with conversations where we weren't even at the table. Buzzwords like urban, inner city. Um, what's the one we talked about the other day? Affordable housing. You know, we like to say that it's cute and we like to say that this is what it actually means. But in buzzwords. Right. To certain people, that means black and Hispanic and poor. So when you talk about building affordable housing and say, I don't know, where was the last blow up at? New Berlin? Muskego? They feel some kind of way about that. And so here's my question. Would you f- build affordable housing in Mequon? Probably not. Because the cost per square foot will be too much for you to afford to then turn around and let somebody rent it with, quote-unquote, affordable housing. Also, I don't think you'll get the tax credits. And so one of the things I think we forget in this mode of being black is that it's okay. Like, you are literally not making someone else look or be bad because you decide to be you. But there are some things that I think we need to do as black America and more importantly, black Milwaukee to grasp exactly what we're doing here during Black History Month. Number one, we need to recognize our greatness going forward. I love the fact that we talk about black history But have we generated anything historic over the last 30 years that can be included as history today? And I would hope you could prove me wrong, but I say no. Have we done anything to uplift generations we tease and talk about like I always do, millennials and Gen Z? Have we given them the tools, the information, the tenacity, the strength, the fight to make it through what the next 20, 30 years is going to be. I don't think we have. I don't think we have. And so while we talk about all the things that we want younger generations to do, we have not taken our hand off the plow and given them control in order to move forward. Now watch this. That's on y'all. That's not on me. Let me give you an example. I was the longest serving president of 100 black men of America. And let me rephrase that. I was the longest serving chapter president in the entire organization. What does that mean? 
That means that from minus, let me, let me do this. For the last 18 years, I was president of the chapter. Now, many people, oh, they didn't do anything or they didn't do that. We made our mark. We didn't do it publicly. We didn't do the fanfare thing. Run around and be great and let everybody know what we're doing. We need to make an impact in the public. Who cares? The only thing that matters is the one. The one that gets the scholarship, the one that gets the mentoring, the one that makes it, the one that graduates, the one that moves forward works. That's how it counts. But in that, I said, it's time to pass the torch. So about four years ago, I set forward to find, recruit, create a funnel, and build something that will allow someone else to come in and take over, bring a fresh restart, build on what's there, and run it for the next four, six, eight years. But in order to do that, you have to move yourself out the way. And that's where mentoring comes in. That's where teaching comes in. That's where sharing comes in. That's where learning on my part comes in. And so we were able to build a small cadre of men that is now starting to move further and further out to others. And now, as of January 1st, we have a new president. But that's the way every organization, every person, every family, every one, regardless of what community you're in, should be. You should never cower from how great you are. You should never worry about someone else's light dimming you. Just let yours shine. That means you have to put in the work, step up to the plate, but then you have to have that that drive, that grit, that 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 tenacity that very few people have. I was watching a show over the weekend on Netflix. Kelsey, right? The brothers, Jason and whatever the other guy's name that played for the Philadelphia, you know, Eagles. And one thing they said, Jason said, hungry dogs run faster. So if you're not number one and you're chasing nine times out of ten, they're going to run faster because they're going to want it more. But like I said, never cower from how great you are. Be great. But there's only one thing you need to do if you're black. If you don't learn anything during Black History Month, this month, from this point forward, as it relates to being black, 
The only thing you really have to be is unapologetic. And that is Dr. Ken's Truth on the new 1017 The Truth. You are listening to Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris, 833-212-1017 is the number. Hey, we want to remind you, 1017, the truth is home of Milwaukee Public High School Conference Basketball. It's ladies' night. Oh, yes, it's ladies' night and the fit. Anyway, um, it's ladies' night and we have a battle for first place in the city. Conference Gold Division as the Rufus King Lady Generals host Goldemeyer Owls. Tip-off is set at 5.30. So I'll be uh, tip-off. Is tip-off set for 5.30 or is pregame at 5.30? Pregame. Okay. Whew. I was about to say because the pregame started a half hour before, my show is over in four to five minutes. Lordy lords. Anyway. So, um. City Conference Game of the Week on the award-winning 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com is sponsored by Chicago. Oh, nobody's noticed. Anyway, Milwaukee Public Schools and presented by Gruber Law Offices. I was going to say Chicago Public Schools. We're like, whoa. No. Um, yeah, Milwaukee Public Schools got some, like, like, if there's one thing I learned moving to Milwaukee is your high school basketball is like, yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. It is, yeah. I love it. Because y'all be treating y'all schools like, you know, this is where I am for the rest of my life. And I think it's pretty cool. You also want to keep it locked because every day this week we're giving away tickets to see an exclusive screening of Bob Marley, One Love at Chicago. At the what? My brain is stuck on Chicago today. What is it? The City of Milwaukee Direct Connect MKE Movie Meetup. So that's going to be pretty cool. So I'll be there. I'll have a meetup an hour before the movie, and then we're going to watch the movie. And then, you know, if you want to chop it up afterwards and all that. So listen to 1017 The Truth right here for your chance to win and download the Truth app. And you'll have other chances to win the tickets. So if you don't have the Truth app, then you won't get the notification. And then you won't know to call in. Once again, listen and download every day this week for your chance at tickets to an exclusive showing of Bob Marley One Love. Make connections. Explore career opportunities by visiting probably one of the coolest websites I've looked at, directconnectmke.com. So I'll be there. It's a meet and greet with me an hour before the movie, and then we're going to check out the Bob Marley movie. 833-212-10017 is the number. So, you ever have an idea that you wanted to do something and talk about something, 
And then when you did it, you went, I don't think I really want to talk about that. And you 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 kind of go through, well, why don't you want to talk about it? And then you realize that um, it's really not something you want to pick. You know? Makes you feel some kind of way. I did find a story by Alex Groth um, on JS Online. Milwaukee empty nesters own twice as many larger houses as millennials with kids. <clears throat> Why is that a shock? Hmm. Anyway, empty nesters own almost 30% of large homes in the Milwaukee area, according to a report from Redfin. That's almost double the rate of millennials with kids who own 15.2% of large homes in the area. So Redfin analyzed U.S. Census data from 2022 of the percentage of three-bedroom or larger homes owned and occupied by each generation. Here's what the report says. But what does it really say? Well, first of all, you got to ask the question, why is it more difficult for millennials to buy homes? Is it more difficult? See, this is what I don't like. They assume it's more difficult. Well, that must be the answer without really explaining what that is. So when you go into the story with the assumption that it's difficult for a millennial to buy a home, then that's all you're going to look at. And you're not going to examine other things as maybe the millennial saying, I want a house, even though I got kids. They said larger homes are in short supply across the Milwaukee area. That's in part because homeowners who bought their homes with relatively low mortgage interest rates are hesitant to sell it and buy a new house with a higher rate. Well, here's the other thing. If I buy a house and sell it, does it mean I have to get another house? I would say no. New construction has also slowed since the Great Recession, and the state added about 170,000 new households between 2010 and 2021, but only about 123,000 new homes, according to American Community Survey estimates. Milwaukee area developers focused on building for renters rather than homeowners in the past decade, and they broke down construction trends in a, in a story from May, and that's on here, but... They're asking, why aren't boomers selling their home? Well, most baby boomers own their home and don't have mortgages. Median monthly cost of owning their house, including insurance uh, and property taxes, about $612. Boomers who have a mortgage are likely to have a lower interest rate uh, than if they decide to purchase a new house. And many boomers purchase homes at the height of their careers in the 1990s. That is true. And since then, home values have grown four times. That is true. Faster than income over the past decade. So logically, empty nesters are the most likely group to sell big houses and downsize. Boomers don't have much motivation to sell financially or otherwise. They typically have low housing costs. That is true. So then, who's renting? 17% of millennials live with a family member. Another 10% have a roommate. Everybody else? They got a house. So here are the top 10 cities. Among the 50 most populous metropolitan areas with the largest share of large homes owned by empty nesters. 
So if you want to buy a house from somebody when the market changes, right, this is where you need to go. Number one, Pittsburgh. Well, guess what? I ain't going to Pittsburgh. They got 32.1% of their homes are uh, owned by empty nesters. Number two, Birmingham, Alabama. I'll consider it. 31.1%. And then Cleveland, Ohio. Nope. 30.8. Buffalo, New York. Nope. 30.5. And if you would go to any of these areas, 833-212-1017. Tell me why. Like, why would you move to one of these cities to own a house that, anyway. And and really, I guess the question you have to ask is, are millennials moving to these cities so they can buy these houses from boomers who own bigger houses that are empty nesters? Number five is Virginia Beach, Virginia. I would consider it. 30.4. Jacksonville, Florida. 30%. Richmond, Virginia, 29.6. There's a tie for eighth place with Memphis, Tennessee, and St. Louis, Missouri at 29.4. And guess what number 10 is? Milwaukee, Wisconsin at 29.1. So 29.1% of our homes are owned by boomers who are empty nesters. And you know the cool thing about it? I'm one of them. But the U.S. cities with the largest share of homes owned by millennials with kids and Milwaukee is nowhere in the group. Number nine is Seattle, Raleigh and Dallas. They're tied in a three way tie. Then comes this is in reverse order. Number eight, Louisville. Number seven, Oklahoma City. Uh, Number six and number five are tied with Columbus, Ohio and Salt Lake City. And I can see Columbus because Columbus got some shady areas, but I saw some suburbs in Columbus that were pretty darn nice. Um, fourth is Riverside, California. Kansas City, Missouri is three. Minneapolis, Minnesota. And believe it or not, the number one city with the largest share of homes owned by millennial kids, millennials with kids, I guess millennials are kids, anyway, uh, Indianapolis, Indiana, 17.6. That's an interesting number for me because I'm in Indianapolis on a regular basis. And let me say, um, I like Indianapolis, but if you ask me to move there, I'm probably going to tell you no. I'm probably going to tell you of all the places to move, I'm not going to move to Indianapolis. I like it. I think it's okay. I've seen some nicer parts of Indianapolis, but I'm not really convinced that um, that's the place to be. When we come back after uh, traffic, sports, and weather, I want to talk to you about a settlement that happened in California and whether or not that's something we need to do here or is this something that would kind of disrupt education here in Wisconsin. And so I want to, I want to, I want to unwrap this story about a lawsuit about pandemic learning. You're listening to truth in the afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris, 833-212-1017 is the number traffic sports, all that stuff, weather, your call, talking texts up next. This is Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. 
This is Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. Hey, the award-winning 1017 The Truth proudly celebrates black excellence. <laughs> Forget them. This ain't truth be told. Tape told. This is truth been told. You know, like B.N. Truth Band. I'm just saying. The award-winning 1017 The Truth proudly celebrates black excellence and the most monumental moments in our history. Tune in all month as we celebrate black history. 1017 The Truth's celebration of Black History Month is greatly uh, most appreciatively sponsored by Tayback Law, Educators Credit Union, Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin, and American Family Insurance. Because we are live from the American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue. Why? Because you're listening to Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on the award-winning 1017 The Truth. Check us out. YouTube and X. The Truth at 101.7 The Truth and 1017thetruth.com. All right? Check it out. So here's my question, right? Because, you know, I got to complain about everything, right? I'm a boomer. They rewrote it, and they still wrote Twitter. Dude, ain't no Twitter. It's called X. Live with it. That's what it is. I'm just saying. By the way, I'm out of here at uh, 527. Uh, We've got a game tonight. The ladies are playing. Goldemeyer Owls and the Lady Generals of... Rufus King, they're going to be playing. So make sure you uh, check it out. All right? All right. Coverage begins at 5.30, tip off at 6. So just letting you know. So when you turn on and I'm not here, you don't start crying and bawling and, you know, getting all upset. So this from CNN, parents, students, and community groups, get this, successfully sued California demanding more time, more money, and more focus be spent to help underserved students disproportionately low-income black and Latino students recover from educational losses during the COVID pandemic. Is this something that Students in Wisconsin should do. Parents of students in Wisconsin. Is this something they should do? Because I get it. There were a lot of things that were not done in Milwaukee 
as it relates to educational loss. Those kids, I don't know if they'll ever get that time back, number one. Number two, let's take the restraints off so that we stop acting like kids have to do certain things by certain ages or there's something wrong with them, because it's not. So if these kids take an extra year to learn how to read, an extra year to learn how to write, an extra year to learn how to do math and science, so be it. They may not graduate from high school at 18. They might graduate at 20. The problem is we have laws set up so that, you know, while school is compulsory, you can only go to high school up to so up to a certain age and then you got to leave. So instead of playing that game, let's go year round. All right. If we if we're going to pay extra money, have kids go to school year round and give them like four breaks throughout the year. Plan it so parents can go on vacation. They can go with the kids, without the kids, whatever. But California has agreed to pay $2 billion in a settlement to offer money, time, and focus. Now, are the kids going to get it? No. Are the kids going to get any monetary gain? No. What they're going to get is people working with them who get paid and they may or may not get the outcome that they want. What are your thoughts? 833-212-1017. Should we allow the schools to have to pay? Should the state have to pay? I say, first of all, MPS, absolutely not. They should not have to pay. I think some changes need to be made and somebody needs to go to the to the um, school, to the union, and help the union understand that these changes have to be made. And so we're going to a year-round school calendar. We want our kids to grow and expand. And having them keep taking the summer off and not learning that or even getting remedial help, that's a problem. Some kids move forward faster. Some kids don't. So instead of trying to keep everybody in the same room together for social promotion, let's come up with a way that's individualized for the child so the child doesn't feel. Because graduating, I'm sorry, not graduating, getting promoted with your peers when they know how to read and you don't, and they know how to write and you don't, and they know how to do math and you don't, doesn't do much good. Because eventually it's going to catch up to me because I'm not going to be able to get a job. I'm not going to be able to hold a job. I'm not even going to be able to be interviewed for a job. So I think the easiest way to fix that is no, don't sue the state. Don't sue MPS. Expand MPS. And so when we talk about wanting a 252 or 53 or 54, whatever it was, million dollar referendum, There needs to be a string attached to that. The string needs to be the money goes directly to expanding the school year. Even if it's 30 days, expanding the school year. Before school starts, making sure kids have the ability to go 
and get help to replenish that knowledge they had. Otherwise, they're going to always come out on the short end. And we know that always happens. We just don't do anything about it. We just call it unfortunate, and then we blame the, oh, those parents, they need to take more. Well, you got parents working too hard. And sometimes school has to be that place. It saved my family. School became the, face, the, the, the place where you got free lunch. And then school became the place where you got free breakfast. And that saved us, me and my two older sisters. That saved us. Now, many of you may not like it because you think people should pull themselves up by their bootstraps, and you can. You need somebody to show you how. See, I've always been a purveyor of you got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and you got to do this and do that. That's true. But I had somebody do it. It's called mentoring. And I had somebody help me learn how to do that. And then I was able to do it. I see too many people doing great things and I and I don't I don't think they understand some things. So when when we come back, I I want to talk about yeah, this is what you do, but what's the struggle behind it? Like like I can see some people struggling to ask questions sometimes of me because they think they're supposed to look like they got it all together. Even when you don't. And how does that look? How do you express that? You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. We will be right back. This is Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, the Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. More of Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, the Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. Hey, tomorrow, the world-winning 1017 The Truth is home of Milwaukee Panthers basketball. So tonight we got public schools, high school, ladies. Tomorrow night, Milwaukee Panthers basketball. Don't miss any of the hoop action by listening to Panthers basketball on 1017 The Truth, the Truth app, and all your favorite streaming platforms. Panthers are headed to Ohio to take on the Youngstown State Penguins. That's tomorrow night. Once again, I'm out. Coverage begins at 5, tip-off at 5.30, so my show will be a whole hour tomorrow. Like one, and then I'm out. So make sure you hang around. Make sure you check it out. 833-212-1017 is the number. also want to remind you that um, Friday – we have the 2024 Black History Female Inventors Challenge, right? The Female uh, Black History Inventors Challenge. And last week, the question was, she wanted to develop a way to heat an entire home more efficiently than a wood-burning fireplace. Her 1919 patent became the precursor for the central HVAC system modern buildings use today. 
Her name was Alice H. Parker. So um, this coming Friday during my show, Truth in the Afternoon, uh, we'll be having another question about a female inventor, and you'll be able to get some information, and then you'll have like five seconds to answer the question. That way you can't sit and Google it on your phone and try to figure out what it is. Because your Wi-Fi probably won't work anyway. So I'm just saying. Um, yeah, we, we need to make sure that our children get the best that they can get. Kiana on the Talking Text Line says, You are so right in child development education classes. They teach you that our children learn differently. They just need to meet the basic milestones. But when they become school age, they're forced into a factory way of learning. And I think one of the things, I, I think Kiana's so right, but one of the things we also have to look at is that then we throw shade at kids who, who can't compete at certain levels. And they may be slower. They may be faster. I was, I admit, in elementary school, significantly faster in learning. And one of the things that killed my momentum, and I'm not mad at her, but I think I said this before, my mother Back then, they what? What do you do when do people skip grades now? Like get a get a double, okay. So they wanted me to get a double to go from fourth to sixth grade. They were like, "Your son is bored and he's maxing out of all the. <laughs> we're giving him extra homework. He's talking in class. He's bored." And I think that alone would have put me on a trajectory. I think significantly higher than I am now because I would have been challenged and I wasn't. So for me, high school was a, Oh, I want to be on senior boys council. Oh, you need a 3.0 the previous semester in order to get in. So that's what I did. Or the, the previous marking, um, you know, the, the previous quarter, right? Cause we were in 10 week quarters. So I was like, Oh, okay. What do I need to do? You need a B average. Bam. Knocked it out, right? I'm the kind of person that you need to challenge. And if it's not challenging, I'm bored out of my mind. Because I'm an auditory learner. Shocking. He talks. So I listen to audiobooks, all 331 of them, 313 on my phone. So I'm just saying. That's just how I am. Once I found that out, everything I do, everything I do, everything I do has audio tied to it. I have to make sure when I, when I write, I try to use audio, speak it out first, and then print out the words. When I take notes, do the same thing. Plug it into a program and it prints out. So I, I, I've learned to overcome some of those deficits and be able to actually create a way to learn faster. So that's what I do. I create a way to learn faster. But that's my way. Kiana's right. Kids learn differently. I got stifled when I went to school. High school was horrible for me. Everybody was climbing over each other and trying to be the best and trying to turn out the best and try. 
And it was like, why when it's an individual thing? You do understand, and I recognize this in high school. When you graduate, yeah, nobody cares about your grade point average. Once you graduate, you're done. Oh, it'll get you in college. Okay, you, okay, you go to college. And then what? Got to start over. And meeting each challenge for me was the challenge. But I guess Robert Kiyosaki got it right. C students hire A and B students to work for them. So I get it. I get it. But we have to do something for our children as it relates to COVID and the slowing down of their educational process. And, and here's the kicker. And here's what people don't understand, which I don't understand why California wanted to sue. It's not California's fault that COVID hit. So you can't blame MPS for having to struggle and deal with it. You can't blame the teachers, the students, the nurses, the doctors, the whoever. You can't blame them for something that was out of their control. That no one saw coming. No one. Nobody was ready. Not the federal government, the state government, the county government, the city government. Nobody was ready. So when we talk about this, oh, we got to, you messed up and you didn't, nobody was ready for that. And so it's important that our children be able to grow and be what they want to be and do what they want to do. And I think it's important because in 10 years, those Kids are going to be working. They're going to be out making a living. And it's less of them paying taxes. So let me tell you, your Social Security, it ain't going to be all that. I mean, I got to wait for mine. But I don't think it's going to be all that. So when we start to complain about our education, let's start working with the teachers at least. You know, I complain about MPS because I care about MPS. I complain about that because I think you can always do better. But let's recognize those teachers, nurses, um, paraprofessionals have a tough time with y'all kids. Because y'all don't take care of y'all kids. And sometimes they act up. I'm just saying. 833-212-1017 is the number. Let me see what we got coming up. We got basketball coming up um, at the bottom of the hour. We've got the top five at five coming up. Um, Tomorrow we've got Youngstown State Penguins with the Milwaukee Panthers, it's, it's, it's a full football week. And then we got the Super Bowl. So Friday, I am going to be taking calls on the Super Bowl. I want to hear what you have to say as to whether or not your dude 
which better be Patrick Mahomes, wins the Super Bowl again for the what, third time? And so last time he was there, he beat San Francisco. Personally, I don't think San Francisco's defense is ready for him. I don't think I don't think any he's the best foot he's the best quarterback right now in professional football. And I will give him another three, four years on top. And then if I was him, I would like chill. I would pull out while I'm still at the top of my game. Now, let me also be honest and say, I thought them folks from back east were going to win, but they didn't. Multiple teams from back east was going to win, but they didn't. And so we got Patrick. So I'm okay. I'm okay. We got Patrick. But have you been to Kansas City before? You been to Kansas City before, Ben? I love it. Their their food is phenomenal. Their baseball um, Hall of Fame, Negro Leagues, outstanding. City itself, mm, the fact that you can see Kansas City, Kansas across the across the street, for me. That's a little different. 